You're listening to the Clear Your Mindset podcast, where we talk about downsizing your clutter, upgrading your lifestyle, and doing so through simple living and other mental clarity tactics. So I have always been asked what my routine is. Having a more minimalist lifestyle, simple lifestyle, how do I um, keep that simplicity going in my day-to-day activities? And it's something that I still struggle with, um, but I've started to get some clarity on it and I wanted to discuss some of the ideas I've had, uh, again, being in quarantine, as many of us are, and uh, realizing how some of my old behaviors were linked to this idea of fear. Now, of course, I'm going to go through my routine, so I'll discuss that with you guys in a bit, but I wanted to kind of start with... um, establishing where my mindset was before when it came to not just a routine, but my daily expectations of myself. And uh, I think a lot of us have this, again, based out of fear, and uh, it makes us super stressed, very anxious, and uh, it's it's not necessarily a productive mindset to actually Uh, achieve what we want to achieve, which we think that establishing this certain level of stress will help us get to. Uh, When I had a strict, heavily packed routine, I found that I was doing a lot and getting nothing done. You put all these little menial tasks together to make myself feel busy, for example, um, and really I was avoiding the one task that I needed to do. Uh, I often talk about decision fatigue because when you're Uh, becoming more minimalist or you're practicing minimalism, you start to understand that decision fatigue is is a real thing and it's utilized in shopping tactics and marketing tactics a lot to make you buy more stuff. For example, if you're purchasing a lot of stuff in a store and then when you get to the checkout, there are always smaller, cheaper items near the checkout that people at that point, their decision fatigue has already gone to all of their shopping. So it's a little bit looser and less disciplined when it comes to the checkout, so they tend to want to buy the smaller things. Now, this also can come into how we utilize our routines and our productivity and the tasks that we want to do. If we put together a lot of little tasks, it makes us feel like we're doing a lot, and that might make us feel like, oh, well, that one big task that I needed to get done is equivalent to all these little tasks that I've done, and yet one doing the one big task would have taken less time and gotten you better results than doing all the little ones but you feel like doing more is better it's just the same as we think having more is better in our society and I think that I've discussed thoroughly about how I don't believe that's actually correct Um, but it's funny so now that I do less I get I get more done I was putting so much pressure on myself and, and I would say that that pressure isn't it isn't natural. It's not natural to feel pressure about office work, about uh, taxes, you know, and when I say natural, I'm thinking back to our ancestors. What did they actually stress over? Humans humans were designed to stress and, and feel pressure uh, in, in life, life or death situations. They were meant to feel this kind of like stress or anxiety in, in fight or flight, right? We've heard that term a lot. They needed to react And it was typically in a life or death situation, being chased by a predator, not over paperwork, not over the clutter in our house, not over what to buy. Um, Now, of course, we're in a pandemic and that can change for a lot of people. And there are a lot of life and death situations that we're dealing with. 
Um, however, if we look outside of just this particular situation, you know, I'm, I'm talking about generally speaking, we have put a lot of pressure in our jobs into, you know, feeling like it's life or death if we don't get that next promotion because we've been spending more than we need to and we're already living uh, outside of our means when we really need to be living below our means. And again, this whole necessity of needing to have stuff has kind of built us into that position to begin with. Um, yeah, so, you know, when, we, when we've had our minds trained to believe that not finishing a report or not, you know, doing your taxes on time should put your body under the same stress as our ancestors had when being chased by a bear. It's, it's just fear tactics. Um, and our body starts to react in fear because we fear what the future could be if we don't get these things done. And the funny thing is when we're in a state of fear, we think less logically and we think more emotionally. And this is why the typically the best marketing out there is all reliant on emotion. When you watch um, like old Apple ads and oh, what are some other big companies, Coca-Cola, um, those companies, when you watch some of their like earlier ads, especially because TV was a lot bigger back in like early 2000s, for example, when you watch a lot of those older ads, the product isn't mentioned until the end. It's all about getting you to feel a certain way, you know, showing the accomplishments of someone, showing joy of people all together, living their best life, and then the product. And uh, it's kind of tricking the mind into thinking this emotion will be associated to this product. So when you're feeling a state of fear and stress and anxiety, and you want to feel that other emotion, don't search within yourself for that emotion, search for our product and it will make you feel better. And if we train ourselves like that in the sense of like Pavlov's dog, for those of you that don't know what that is, it's essentially Pavlov had a bell that he would ring every time he feed, fed the dogs. There's some ethical issues that came into these uh, research things that he was doing. But anyway, he'd ring the bell, the dogs would get fed, and then so he would start ringing the bell just to see if the dogs would drool and they got in that habit. So essentially, that's what all of these companies are doing to us is they're um, taking these habits and, and making them based in emotion so that when we feel like we want a certain emotion, we associate it with their product and we purchase more and more of their products. Hence why, uh, for example, impulse shopping for women, especially with clothing, it is really just like a uh like a Pavlov's dog kind of thing where it's like oh I need to feel um appreciated by others I need to feel worthy okay if I get new clothes I'll be a part of a trend and then I'll get that emotion when here, here's the very interesting thing and it's something I'm still learning how to wrap my head around and as I learn more I'm definitely going to uh, share more of that um, and there's actually someone that I learned this from who, if I could get that person on this podcast, it would be amazing. But anyway, um, that they kind of discussed how essentially your, uh, all of the emotions you desire, you actually have within you for you to be able to come up with an emotion. When you think of something that you want and you go, I mean, at the end of the day, all of the things that we want are based on a desire to feel a certain way, but we know that feeling exists, meaning that we can create that feeling, but we've lost so much touch with ourselves that we don't know how to create that feeling. Um, so it's retraining ourselves to not rely on uh, fear and then emotional response to purchase something to feel that, like a new house or a trip or a car or a dress, and just learning how to feel that from within us. Anyway, 
long tangent off of all of that, but uh, essentially eliminating this behavior can help you create a better routine. Um, and now that we're, you know, in quarantine, especially, but even if you're not, uh, say you're listening to this in the future and hopefully knock on wood, everything's going well. Um, you'll have still time to play with this idea when you want to. So I've been utilizing this, this whole mindset of, um, not getting myself in a sense of fear for not doing enough and just sticking with very simple tasks that have solid results. And I feel more accomplished that way. I feel more connected with myself. And I'm also doing more things that I actually enjoy doing. Um, so I'll go through the simple tasks that I do because people are always curious. Um, and it's really not that much because the other thing, and maybe I think I actually have a video recorded on this and maybe I'll just put that video up on YouTube. Um, but I might just make it also into another podcast, which is when you're building a routine, you don't want to, there, there's a, there's a term called habit stacking and habit stacking is where you take a habit that you already have established and then you add another, um, task to that habit. And then once you've established that for like 21 days or whatever's comfortable, then you can continue to add more and more and more, and then eventually build a routine with that. And, um, a lot of the time people will try and build a whole routine point blank from like, you know, from 8am to 3pm, I have this whole routine set up and I do this and this and this and this, and they've never done any of this stuff in this order before. It's hard for your body to, uh, and your brain to get comfortable with that routine. And so you'll often end up getting discouraged because you don't follow through with it. And so it's better to start with small routines. And for myself, you know, I obviously, I enjoy having free time. And now <laughs> Now I'm questioning how much of that I really enjoy. No, I really do enjoy it even during this time. But um, basically, I, I don't fill my whole day with a routine. I have a set time in my day that's meant for doing nothing, doing whatever I want, doing um, whatever I need to do. You know, if everything is super structured throughout the whole day, I don't think it's um, practical. <laughs> so anyway, how do I start out my morning? I'm personally someone who really appreciates early mornings. I really appreciate the quiet of an early morning um, because I, I feel like I'm getting ahead of the rest of the day. I'm enjoying the peace. I also find that all of nature is really alive in the morning. Um, you know, birds are up and chirping and as it gets hotter during the day or, you know, rainier or whatever, birds tend to, and all the animals tend to kind of hibernate or go hang out somewhere else that's not so like in the trees and where I can see them. So it's important for me to get up during that time so I can listen to their songs and connect with nature. And it's before all the cars are on the road. So typically around six or seven, I'm being a little bit more relaxed with myself. So I'm doing seven o'clock right now. Um, but the first thing I'll do is, you know, have my, my window open a little bit if it's warm enough and I'll do some exercise. Now, I'm not saying you have to do anything crazy. You do whatever you actually like doing. And I know that can take a while. And I know some people will just say, well, I don't like any type of exercise. Hurry up and figure something out. <laughs> I know maybe that's not what you want to hear, but figure something out. Even if it's, even if you hate doing exercise and you just don't want to do the time for it, choose something that's high intensity for 10 minutes and that's it. That's more or less what I do. I have a uh, two 10 minute workouts, one for abs, one for legs and glutes. And then I might do some arms if I feel like it after, and then I'll be stretching for the most part. 
getting that blood flow going is important. It's helpful. It's, um, it sets you in the right tone for the day. Like it's, it has an emotional release to exercise. Um, stretching of course is super important for our body, staying limber, especially as we age. I think that that's something that's underlooked. Um, but you know, not only that, but it's like from the very first part of my morning, I'm getting something done for some people. The very first thing they do is make their bed. I do it a tiny bit later and I'll explain why later. But for me, I really like to do something with my body and get it moving because it's been stationary all night and uh, connecting with it, giving that energy, getting some, you know, workout done for my muscles. It's, it's something that I can at least feel proud of. Now, of course, when this is all over, I'd love to incorporate a jog or a small run, even though I hate running, because again, having all of that nature available is just, I mean, how can you miss out on that? So I'll do that first. I'll go take a shower. I'll get changed. And I, I have to say one thing that I think is so important, especially when we're in a quarantine time, but really even if you're just stuck at home or saying this is someone who had clin- has, I say had as if it's past, but I do technically speaking have clinical depression um, that I do my best to manage. And one of the most important things for myself to be able to at least feel like my day is going is to actually take care of my hair and my face and my skin and get dressed. I'm not saying you have to put on a tuxedo, but don't wear pajamas around the whole house. Get some comfortable trousers, get a nice sweater or a crop tank, whatever you feel like, something that doesn't, something that you could comfortably go outside in if need be. You know, being presentable is, it's like, it's switching your mind's state from like this more lazy mindset into more of a productive mindset just by taking care of yourself and by showing yourself that care and respect and value you act of higher value you treat yourself with more value and uh, I definitely see the difference between people who walk around in pajamas and and will sit around the house all day and I'm not saying everyone is like this I know there are probably tons of productive people in pajamas but from my personal experience and even with clients that I've worked with this was something that we would implement when they had trouble just starting their day to start decluttering for example Uh, and that would be something that we would do so having after my workout a shower getting myself ready then there's about a 45 minute break where it's all about um, spiritual connection, whatever that is for you. It could be more religious. Maybe you believe in a God or you want to read your Bible or your Quran or whatever. Um, for myself personally, it's kind of broken down into um, energy. <laughs> I know this is going to sound very foo-foo for a lot of people, but the energy of my home is so important to me. So the very first thing that I do is I'll go around my home. I'll make my bed then because I have a certain um, feeling that I'm putting out before. And also if I try and make my bed very first thing in the morning, it's less likely that I'm going to do my workout because I'll probably just, you know, get comfortable touching all the sheets and the blankets and just get comfy and want to like sit on my bed. So I'll do my workout, do the showering, do home care. So, you know, pillows go back in the right spots, blankets get done. I make sure any dishes, if they were left out the night before, that gets all done. Essentially, it's my cleaning time of my place. And I'll finish off by lighting, or not lighting, (laughs) by, I have a water diffuser. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's like you put essential oils in it and it has this mist and it's really nice. Um, Smells really good, looks really pretty, all of that. So I put that on, 
And then that takes about 15 minutes altogether to kind of get my home back and situated the way it should be. It's also like my decluttering time, basically resetting my home um, because the most important tasks are coming right after this, which is meditation, reading, and journaling. Now, the order in which these are done can vary. Sometimes I'll read and then meditate. Sometimes I'll meditate and then read. That doesn't matter. Um, it's usually a very short period of time too. I only read for like five or 10 minutes because I find that I'm better at um, really digesting a small chunk of information rather than trying to read pages and pages and pages. And typically it'll be nonfiction stuff. Um, I've been reading, uh, what is it called? What Would Buddha Do? I think is what it's called. Or no, it's called How Would Buddha Act? That's the book I've been reading. Um, I've also read, you know, like Law of Attraction books like The Secret. Just take a page out of a book that really inspires you and, and let that sit with you. Um, meditation, as long as you're comfortable with. You know, for me right now, it's between 10 to 25 minutes, depending on what I'm feeling like. And then by far, the most important thing, um, which I guarantee will be life-changing if you haven't done it already, is journaling. Now, I struggled with journaling for years. It was always something that I did in like tiny increments and then I would stop. And it was kind of because, and it's funny, my mom had the same problem and I've recently converted her to journaling now too. Some people have this idea that journaling, you're supposed to be writing this perfect story about your life and it should be super accurate about everything that you're doing and all of the physical aspects of the world and how you're experiencing them. I don't utilize journal journaling at all that way. Um, I actually have a separate app that I use for recording anything interesting or important that happens um, in my physical world. Everything related to journaling, and maybe I'll go into more depth into a separate podcast on this, but uh, everything related to journaling is all about mental clarity, decluttering my mind, truly decluttering my mind, simplifying everything. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm putting down three things that I'm grateful for, three affirmations and then whatever I feel like getting out and especially now that I'm doing podcasts it's wonderful because I just write about whatever I feel like and that becomes my podcast topic for the day so that's where I was thinking you know a lot about the fear-mongering tactics and how it's made me think less logically and more emotionally in the past and how that's essentially made me think that having more things to do is better when that wasn't actually the case and how I changed my routine so yeah, doing that journaling, it only takes anywhere between 15 to 30 minutes um, and uh, only maybe anywhere between half to a full page and that's it. And uh, I don't necessarily record the things that I'm doing for that day. Now at this point, it's around nine o'clock and that's when I typically start getting any productive work that I need to get done. Um, before it was YouTube videos, I'm doing less and less of those. So now it's kind of becoming more podcasts, social media work, uh, emails, um, anything from, you know, old jobs that need to get, get dealt with in this quarantine, at least right now, there's a lot of that happening for me. All of that productive time, that's kind of where I go into, because now that I've finished that spiritual practice and connecting with myself, it feels like I have the morning closure and the morning mindset that I need in order for me to go into my tasks logically. I've gotten out all of that emotion through journaling, whatever I was feeling, whatever affirmations I wanted to feel, whatever gratitude I needed to feel, um, you know, just brain mumble. It all comes out in the journaling so that I can think more clearly about the things I need to be productive about. 
Um, sometimes this was studying for me in the past when I was taking my professional organizing course. Um, but really, it's now from that moving into a productive time, I usually just have one or two major tasks that I do, like, for example, recording a podcast and then um, prepping an Instagram feed or responding to comments. And I keep it simple. And that's that. And really, that tends to be my morning. I'll do that for a few hours, depending on what I feel like I need to do. Um, thinking again with logic and not emotion, thinking about what's going to actually get me results by doing less rather than going to make me emotionally feel productive by doing more. Um, and, you know, during the rest of my day, I, I will do my gardening, I'll eat, and I only eat once a day now. And that's going to be, again, another separate podcast because that has changed my life. Um, and then as we come into the evening time, typically it's broken down into just two sections. Around 8 o'clock, I will typically grab a dry brush and dry brush my skin for circulation. That's really important for me. And then after I do my dry brushing, I'll go and have a bath, relax, try and get off of my phone, get off of everything. Um, and uh, sometimes I'll put on candles if I have my, because I, I make my own candles, try and just like calm myself down as much as possible, do my skincare while I'm in the bath, do my whole routine, um, and then I'll come out and I call my, my um, so that happens at around 8 o'clock, and then at 9 o'clock is when I'm done all of that, and around 9 o'clock is when I have this creative hour, and I feel like someone said this a long time ago, and I don't know who it was that said it, but they, they said, we're all born as artists, some of us just stop earlier than others. And I truly believe that. I truly believe every single person is creative. I don't think that we're all artists in the sense of a paintbrush and a canvas, but some of us are artists with our voice, with our writing, with our music, with our um, movement. You know, there's so many ways to be creative and artistic. And uh, I think it's important to, to show validation to those, show caring to those. And so I dedicate an hour uh, to just being creative. For me, I really love drawing. That's what I've been doing. Um, but that's really quite important to me. So really, my, my morning and evening routines are anywhere between two or three hours each. And the rest of my days are free flow. I don't fill them with stuff. If there's a task I need to go do, if I have to go grocery shopping, I go and do that. Um, but trying to compact my entire day is a way to stress myself out the same way I would stress myself out if I felt like it was a life or death situation, you know, and I think a lot of people deal with a lot of anxiety that way. Um, you know, and of course, this is just me. I'm not saying anyone has to do what I'm doing. It's just what's effective for me. It's what works for me. And it's it's what makes me happy. So yeah, um, I will continue talking about this kind of stuff again in the future if it's something you prefer. Um, I will, I think, start a Patreon for this podcast if you guys want. Um, obviously, I understand now is probably not a time where you need to donate, but if you have the time or the money, um, what I'm thinking of doing is just to get a better microphone because I'm sure in this podcast you've heard the garbage truck and my neighbors above me vacuuming and the guys doing construction in the hallway. <laughs> I've tried my best to block it out, but um, just to upgrade a microphone, I'm going to put together a little Patreon. And if anyone wants to help me out with that, fantastic. If not, no worries. Um, but yeah, you can also check me out on clearyourmindset.com for all of the services that I offer or check out my YouTube, my Instagram, all of that. Anyhow, thank you guys so much for listening and I will chat with you soon.